There you go. Good morning, church. It is great to be with you on this Independence Day. Amen? We have COVID Independence Day, or if you like, Pandemic Independence Day. It's not a movie yet. We're hoping as a conference to produce one. But um, it's a good day, isn't it? Uh, it feels good. Uh, I, I am a little bit, you know, kind of apprehensive. I'm still putting on the, uh, the sanitizer, and this morning in my hotel here, I was, you know, I still was wearing a mask, so I've got a ways to go to transition out of that, but it was such a blessing to come here and, and uh, just have a freedom of uh, uh, not wearing the mask and being close, although <laughs> no one sat close to me, but whatever. <laughs> Like, I'm not going to take it personal. I am an outsider, I guess. So, uh, but anyways, uh, it is good to be with you. Boy, I don't know about you, but I have been blessed this morning to be with you. Have you not? Oh, man. Uh, Chantel, what a choice of songs. One of my favorite songs you sang, What a Beautiful Name. Uh, it brings, no kid brings tears to my eyes every time I sing that one. And, and I have dry eye syndrome, so uh, it takes something for me to tear up, and that one always does. So thank you, Chantel, for that. Mandy, great story. I'm going to steal that uh, little, uh, you know, I, I almost said after Chantel and, Darryl, and D- Darren that just spoke here, it's just like, I don't know why I need to preach at all. Like, it's done. The word is, is done. What I mean... Boy, you have a, a great pastoral uh, set of pastoral teams here and uh, great pastors, and I, and I hope that uh, uh, you recognize that because coming here, I, I see that. What great pastors that you have. And, uh, and Luann, I am signing up for that Rolkuchen, August 10th, right? Is that a Sunday? It is? Cool. I could uh, I could actually be here, and then I'll you know I'll circle the red berry and make it look like it's a business trip. So <laughs> hopefully the uh, the pipe has been fixed by then, so they don't ask me to do any like real work. Um, but anyways, uh, jeepers! I came here to preach. That's what they told me. So we'll do that. Um, I want to thank you uh, for supporting SKMB, uh, our conference, with your prayers and your, your giving in our, in our mission of uh, supporting churches and camps and making disciples. That's what we're about. We come alongside churches and camps and, and, and provide them resources and support, whatever they need to accomplish their, their local mission as uh, God has led them. Uh, we, we, I just want to take one minute. We have... Uh, uh, just a couple little uh, things I'd like to share is that um, Maureen Brown, who's one of the pastors at Forest Grove Community Church, and Dave Foth, who's uh, a businessman, also attends Forest Grove Community Church, they are our new liaisons to your moderator and your treasurer. So Ryan and Patricia, I believe, is the treasurer. Um, so we have been looking for ways to extend my connection to churches beyond myself. I've got limitations, but with these two new people aboard, they are reaching out to your moderator and your treasurer as a way to support you. So uh, I'll leave it at that. I want to get to the word. And you finish at 12? 
you're not sure. <laughs> like this Independence Day has just got you totally thrown. I don't, I don't know if we finish at 12 or at 1.30. So I'll finish at 12. A little bit ahead because you've got a picnic to Is it a picnic, Darren, that you're going to? Yeah, how we do this park each Sunday. Yeah, thanks for the invite. Um, okay. Luann, anything going on in your house that I should be uh, aware of? Like Ralkuchen early? Like, no. I did get, you know what? I did get an invitation this morning to lunch, but I have to, uh, I have to get back and pick up my wife from the airport. So I'll just meet with your uh, lead team and then off I go. All right, let's get to the word. Amen? Amen. It, oh, okay. Here we go. Luke chapter 18. If you've got your Bibles, turn to that. Our attitude determines our altitude. Luke chapter 18, parable of Jesus. So, the 18th chapter of the Gospel of Luke sees Jesus on his way to Jerusalem, and he pauses on his journey to tell two parables. And the first parable has to do with persistence in prayer, and uh, he shared this with, specifically, it says, his disciples. And, and the lesson was pretty uh, elementary in that one is in Luke uh, chapter 18, verse 1, one should always pray and not give up. So that's his first parable. Now the second one is really the one I want to spend a little bit of time on, and it's known as the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. And it deals with a different aspect of prayer, and Jesus directs this parable to a different set of listeners. Uh, it says in verse 9, to some who were confident of, that means were, were convinced of, even boasted of their own righteousness, their their own moral purity, their own right standing with God, uh, and look down on everybody else. We're condescending and pompous. So Jesus is sharing this parable specifically aimed at these who are confident of their own righteousness and look down on others who they deemed were not worthy folks. In this parable, we have uh, two men, two prayers, and two outcomes. And so verse 10, we read, Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. Now, for those of us that have been in the church for a long time, we understand a Pharisee was an honored and respected member of the Jewish community. He was much like equivalent today to a highly respected elder in the church. These were lay folks, believe it or not, and they, they were set apart. That their name actually means set apart ones to, uh, for the divine cause. And they were zealous. And they, about keeping the scriptures, about keeping the oral law and the traditions pure. And they would have been considered the righteous of the righteous. And, and they knew how to pray. They taught others how to pray in the temple. And uh, it says that... Uh, commentators say that they constantly applied themselves to prayer. And then we have the tax collector. Tax collector was at the other end of the spectrum in the culture of the time. They were the worst of the worst in the Jewish community. These were Jews who were hired by the Romans to tax, uh, to tax the other Jews, to collect taxes. And they were considered both extortionists and uh, also traitors. Extortionists because they, they often would collect more than was due and uh, traitors because they worked for Rome. 
they were, uh, once you became a tax collector, you were booted from the temple and you were booted from any, uh, how should I say, community relationships with the other Jews. You were literally an outcast and treated that way. These are the two people that we have that uh, this parable concerns. The Pharisee stood up and he prayed about himself. I don't want you to miss that. He prayed about himself. God, I thank you that I'm not like other people. You know, the robbers, the evildoers, the adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I think the tax collector in the corner would have said, uh, like you know I'm here, right? (laughs) I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of all I get. In other words, I do the religious things expected of me. I do them well. Quite the prayer, right? Reminds me of the old Mac Davis song. Uh, it dates me a little bit, but there was a song by Mac Davis that, go, that went, Oh Lord, it's hard to be humble when you're perfect in every way. Seems to me that this Pharisee, it was this Pharisee's favorite song, if it would have been out at the time. You see, there's always a temptation to utter eloquent words and beautiful sentiments out of a self-serving, prideful, and judgmental heart. Hearts that, uh, as Mandy said, harbor a whole bunch of things in the closet or under the bed or in that spare room. But somehow they're not recognized. Rare is the contrite prayer. You know, I think we need to remember the words of Jesus as he spoke them in Revelation. And he said, you know what, folks? I am he who searches hearts and minds, and I will repay each of you according to your deeds. The Message Bible puts it this way. I x-ray every motive and make sure you get what's coming to you. You may have an eloquent prayer, but God sees the motive behind it. He sees the heart behind it. I think perhaps every prayer we should employ the words of Psalms 139. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. If there is any offensive way in me, take it away and lead me in the way everlasting. I think that needs to be our prayer before we have a prayer, frankly. I liked Darren's analogy. You know, our worship songs, our worship is great, and it was great this morning, but where is it coming from? Where is it coming from? Where is it coming from? Verse 13, the tax collector stood at a distance. He wouldn't even look up to heaven, but he beat his breast and he said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. So here's the tax collector. He's slumped in the darkness. He's way back of the temple. He's out of sight. He wouldn't even lift his eyes to heaven as was common amongst uh, those who came to pray. Rather, he pounded his chest over and over again and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Verse 14. 
And Jesus said, I tell you, in verse 14, I tell you that this person, rather than the other, went home justified before God, went home right before God, went home blessed before God. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. You see, the Pharisee went home with nothing. And the tax collector went home justified before God, forgiven. The one who was banned, the one who was excommunicated, the one who was shunned, the one who was considered uh, a traitor and a, a, you know, and someone who would extort others, he went home justified. And uh, it reminds me of the blessing of, in Psalms 32, blessed is he whose transgressions are forgiven. Whose sins are covered. Blessed is the person whose sin the Lord does not count against him. Let's take a little bit of time and look at the spirit behind each of these two characters. The first we have a Pharisee. And he he considered himself morally and, and religiously superior. You know, I am right. I totally know the way. I'm the one without fault here. You should follow me. Do what I do. And he looked down on those whose spiritual caliber was, less, was perceived to be less than his own. I'm better than you. You better get to where I am. You should be where I am. Look to me as your example. He trusted in his religious practices, his good deeds to make him acceptable. And he acted as if, you know, he acted as if God owed him something, Right? God, look at how good I am. Bless me, bless me, bless me. He failed to see his true self. He failed to see his need for God. He measured him himself against other people. And we, we get in trouble when we do that, folks. We need to see ourselves in light of the one who holds our soul. And he lacked a humble and contrite heart. The Pharisee's problem was one of inflation and deflation. First, he had an inflated view of himself. C.S. Lewis once said, a proud man is always looking down on things and people and of course, as, look, as long as you're looking down, you can't see something above you. The Lord told King Solomon, if my people who are called by my name, what's the first thing he tells them they have to do? Humble themselves and then pray. Yes. That's an affirmation ring. Humility, then prayer. The only person God sends away empty is the person full of himself. Let me say that again. The only person that goes away empty before God in prayer is the one who's already full of himself. We have to, the secondly, he had a deflated view of God. He didn't have the view of God that Isaiah did, Isaiah chapter 6, where you know the, you know the narrative there. Uh, 
In the year of King Uzziah, I saw the Lord high and exalted and the angels and his heavenly host around him singing, Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And the doorposts and the thresholds shook and the temple was filled with smoke. And Isaiah responds, Woe to me, for I am a man of unclean lips and I am ruined. Now, I'm not advocating that, that we pray terrified of God. Because the Bible says in Christ we come fearlessly into God's presence through Christ. But brothers and sisters, must we not pray respecting who God is? Holy, holy, holy. This is a little bit of a sidetrack, but if you read Matthew 23, it talks about Pharisees there a little bit more of an ex- in an expanded form. And, he, you know, he calls them like hypocrites, blind guides, snakes. And, and he says to them, these religious leaders in the temple, what sorrow awake, uh, awaits you? Because you are careful about the most tiniest thing, like tithing the income from the herbs you raise, but you absolutely neglect those things that are important to me. Justice, mercy, compassion, kindness. You neglect all of those things, but you are careful to give me a tenth of the income from your herbs. You practice the religious things with perfection, but fail to see those things that are important to God. Then you have the tax collector who who is totally opposite, recognized the holiness of God. He recognizes sin. He didn't hide it or deny it. He recognized his need for God's grace, and he, he pleaded for it. God have mercy on me, a sinner. There's a fellow named Ole Halsbury, and uh, he said, prayer and helplessness are inseparable. Only he who is helpless can truly pray. Your helplessness is your best prayer. That's wisdom. Your helplessness is your best prayer. Because God can work with that. So how shall... Well, I I was going to say that we impress God when we we don't try to impress Him. Right? We impress God when we don't try to impress Him. Well, how shall we then pray? Uh, I picked up... I didn't buy... I picked up this uh, book uh, and did a, you know, chapters, had some time, and it was called The Idiot's Guide to Prayer. I thought, boy, that's for me. Uh, I could use that. And, uh, and I thought, ah, oh, this is interesting. I'll read it. And it was actually pretty good. And 
I just gleaned one thing from this book, and it was this. It is what we are when we pray that our prayer that counts with God. It is what we are when we pray our prayer that counts with God. It's what we are when we pray our prayer that counts with God. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. What does it mean to humble ourselves in prayer? I think it's a couple of things. I think it's knowing uh, that coming before God isn't a right, it's a privilege. I think it's things like recognizing our, our conversation is with a holy God. I suggest that it's recognizing that, that we are broken and saved by grace. And act like it toward others. Theologian F.F. F. Bruce once said, In the eyes of Christ, a person confessing sin is nearer to true goodness than a person boasting of his goodness. I like that. Darren so eloquently read this morning from Psalms 51, where David says, The sacrifice God wants is a broken spirit contrite spirit, honest spirit. I think, it's, I think it's a real spirit. You see, we need to be real with God in our prayers. Real about who we are and what's happening in our life. I just, uh, Chantal, really appreciated your sharing. Uh, God is, is just is becoming so real in your life and, and that's, that's transforming you. You see, I think a real heart is one that God can transform. It's being honest. It's, that honors God. It, it, a real heart is a healable heart. It's, 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 a, it's fertile soil for godliness. A real heart owns their own mess, like Mandy was talking about. We need to own our own mess. read a book just yesterday by Dr. Rob Reimer. It's called Soul Care. And he says, you know what? God cannot cleanse our excuses. God cannot pardon our denials. God cannot cleanse that which we will not confess. God cannot heal that which we will not admit. And he goes on to say, if you are in conflict with another you can never change that relationship by focusing on the other person's faults. And I've heard that prayer often. Lord, change that person's heart. Lord, just help them to see where they are wrong. That's just another form of self-righteousness. We should be asking God, change my heart. Help me to see what you would have me see. Well, it's time to bring this jetliner in for a landing here. Um, I was once a fan of Master Chef. Some of you folks seen it? Yeah? 
I get in trouble with that show because I, I tell Janine, says, hey, look at that, isn't that pretty cool? Do you think you could make that? <laughs> Marriage tip, don't do that. It just does not go the way you think it will go at the beginning. So we order out food a lot. Um, COVID was great for that. Like we were ordering food all the time from all these different places. So, boy, honey, you should cook like Montana's does. Also, marriage tip, that doesn't work well. Well, during one of these competitions in MasterChef, there was this fella called Big Willie. Big Willie was a choir director, a, a believer, who was one of the final contestants. And uh, he's just a, a real likable guy. And the, the host, you know, talked to him a little bit about who he was. And his mantra throughout the competition was always, your attitude determines your altitude. Your attitude determines your altitude. In other words, the attitude of your heart determines how high, how far, how impactful your life will be. And I just, that just stuck with me. And as I, as I thought about this text, the question I had is, will my prayers reach the ears of the Father if the posture, the attitude of my heart is self-serving, self-centered, and unkind to other people? You know, we, we can have the temptation to think, you know, uh, great sermon, Phil, but, you know, I'm not a Pharisee, and I'm not like that. Um, you know, really, it was a great sermon, but it really wasn't speaking to me. Well, you need to read the text again. He's using the Pharisees as an example, but he's talking to all of us. And he's challenging our understanding of those things that please God. And he's using this Pharisee and he says, you know, your culture and perhaps your temple is telling you that these Pharisees are the best example of what I want you to be. And he says, it's wrong. I'm not a Pharisee. Well, do you view yourself as more important as, than others? Are you genuinely kind to others even if those others are different from you or view things different from you? Are you compassionate? Do you believe God should bless you because of the great way you live your life and the great religious things you do? Do you love approval and the praise of others above all things? Do you list your good works and religious practices before God and others to make yourself appeal wholly into others? Uh, there's a few of those I could check over my life. This is a strong word, but it's a good word. It's a good word because we have the opportunity to reorient our hearts towards God through this word. Our attitude determines, I believe, the altitude of our prayer.
It's my kind of final spiel there. Our attitude, the attitude of our heart determines the altitude of our prayer. You know, Jesus said, blessed are, are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Who are the poor in spirit? Those are ones that recognize their spiritual poverty and their absolute need for Jesus. That the only self-righteous standing that they have does not come from them. It comes from the one who died on the cross for them. And so as you reflect on these words of Jesus, as you reflect on your prayer life, I just want to encourage you to have, to have the posture in your heart of the tax collector. who was fully dependent on the grace of God in his prayer, who was fully humble, who was fully contrite. Jesus said, that's the person, that's the prayer that reaches me. And I will bless such a person. I will hear their prayer. Brothers and sisters, friends, uh, God bless you as you continue in your journey with Jesus. He loves you. There's a purpose and plan for your life. And he gives us wise counsel through parables like this in walking with him. And may you be encouraged this morning as you continue in your worship, as you continue in your fellowship with one another. Blessings. Thank you.